Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. How's it going? Your Ben Jarofsky show, Oh, What a Week, for Friday, July 22nd, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, sometimes what kind of reefer to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. It's kind of the theme of today's show, Ben Jarofsky columns, but we're going to be going through columns in the past. So, Ben, if you could, please tell us about the column you got coming up in the Chicago Reader. Well, it's uh, an excellent column, if I must say so myself. And I took the deep dive on the case of the 10-year-old girl uh, who was raped in Ohio and forced uh, to go to Indiana to get an abortion. And I just pick it apart, put a timeline together. Uh, and, uh, man, the lying, the lying by the officials in Ohio. You know what, D? I'd have a field day in Ohio. You know what I'm saying? So what, I was at a party last night. We'll talk about that. Uh, and there was a guy came up to Steve Askin. I see you, Steve Askin. And he goes, man, we need you out in L.A. Because <laughs> I would have a field day. You know what I'm saying, D? It's just sometimes it seems like uh, my peculiar interests and the way politicians behave is kind of a, a, a peculiar thing for me. Let's just put it that way. And so it was like when I look at the, the stuff that doesn't get reported out of these other states, it may just be, you know, a reflection on how I see the world. And maybe most people don't see the world that way. But I'm like, oh, my goodness, if I was in Ohio, I'd have a field day. So anyway, I took it apart. Man, what so much lying by those officials in the state of Ohio. That's all I got to tell you, folks those MAGA officials in the state of Ohio. So that's the story for this week. And I'm going to do for next week, D, get ready. Uh Uh-oh. Get ready. I'm going to go local next week. Leave me out of it. (laughs) I may throw you in just for saying that. I may find a way to incorporate you into the uh, column. Uh, I'll be doing a... um, a column about uh, speed tickets. Uh, Mark Wilde's conversation yesterday really woke me up. And NASCAR and just the juxtaposition of the two. And it's like, oh, Chicago. I'm not letting you off the hook, Chicago. I know I've been spending a lot of time looking at uh, MAGA and their fascistic takeover the country. But I haven't forgotten you, Chicago. Your little knuckleheaded behavior. So probably going to go local next week, dude. All right, chicagoreader.com, and if you want to help out this program, you can. chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y. It is Friday, July 22nd, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, What a Week. now oh what a host <laughs> sound like john travolta or something. chicago reader columnist ben jarofsky hello everybody ben jarofsky here we're calling this reporter reunion friday and here's why 
because before we get to uh, oh it a week i just got to give a shout out to the reunion that was last night yes i left my house d i actually left my house and interacted with other people doing that a lot over the next four days i don't know breaking out in a sweat just thinking about it uh but uh, many 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 years ago when i first moved to town uh, before dennis was born uh and uh, that's how long ago it was i worked for an outfit called the chicago reporter which is out of business right now uh and it was a newsletter dedicated to racial issues uh and uh, it's 50 years old if it was still alive today and they had a reunion last night uh, and today there's going to be uh, a discussion at Columbia College. I better, as soon as this show is over, I'm getting my little uh, Maserati, my hands with on the wheel and get on down there. Uh, haven't done that routine in a while. Do you remember those days? Oh, oh yeah. It's been like Elston a, Avenue. It's been like a week. Um, Talk about that song. <laughs> oh, no, the song. But remember the Elston Avenue Milwaukee? Take oh, Milwaukee, yeah, yeah, get yeah. off the highway. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, anyway, so a lot of great, uh, old friends of mine, uh, some of whom have been on this show, Emma Young. I see you, Emma Young, Salimu Wakil. I see you, uh, Michelle Kanar. I don't know if you remember her D she's a photographer. She's been on the show a few times. She took pictures of me, uh, and the Linda Lutton, the great Linda Lutton, the legendary Linda Lutton, Kevin Blackstone was there. Just so many wonderful people, Tom Bruin, Gay Humphreys. Uh, and of course, gotta thank Mick Dumkey and Ramana Hussein, who gave me a ride. D they they picked me up, took me to the party. Oh, there you go. And then drove me home. How about that, man? I love those That's two. That's cool. You went from like 60-something years old to like 14, all in <laughs> one story. That was cool. I was there, you know. <laughs> I was one of the old guys. Hey, Ben, how you doing, big guy? Uh, so it was a great reunion. Great, 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 great reunion. But I, I have a feeling, to quote John Lennon and Paul McCartney, that I'll come back to it uh, during the show. So without further ado, the man in the legend probably drove all in line. The man that absolutely everyone at the party last night was calling Dr. D with Oh, what a week. Me? <laughs> How's it going? Okay, today we are in fact going to the vault. Ben Jarofsky's Column Chronicles are coming up. But first, let's talk a little bit about what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. We begin in Chicago, and well, we haven't checked in on this show in a while. <laughs> a mayor. And her alderman. Miss <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that show. It happens sometimes with shows, you know. Yeah. You sometimes you go on a binge and you stop for a while, then you get back on. I guess we're we're back on now. Yeah. So I love that show. Oh, this city council. Uh, today's stories here. We got Alderwoman Michelle Smith to mm. resign city council seat August twelfth. The decision by the Lincoln Park alderperson gives Mayor Lori Lightfoot the rare chance for a third appointment to the council. Lightfoot already has replaced Patrick Daly-Thompson, forced to resign after a federal federal conviction, and Michael Scott Jr., who left for a private sector job. All right. Let me just calm down and focus on this one because uh, I don't get this stuff at all. So first of all, Michelle Smith, when she... uh, let me just point this out. We are now uh, almost August of 2022. Uh, her term will end if she were just to resign or just not to run for reelection, I should say, uh, in May of 2023. So, Dennis, you were far better at math than I was uh, back in the old days uh, at uh, Alton High School. Uh, and um, <laughs> I, did, I did not go to Alton High School. I wanted to very badly. I didn't even know if there was an all nice school. I just said oh, that. There was, there was. Uh, at East St. Louis High, uh, where you went. I just made that up. He didn't uh, go to East St. Louis High either. 
I think there's an Eastern. It's something E, though. There's an E in there. That you went. Southwestern anyway. High School in Pisces. Oh, okay, well, West, East, South. I'm going to write that. Anyway, whatever. The point is, you were good at math. No, I wasn't. And we could see there's like six months. So it's just, there's an absurdity to stepping down at this stage. Uh, and of course, Chicagoans being Chicagoans. What a cynical bunch this is in this town, D. Okay, at least the ones that, that are associated with me. I got a. Uh, I want to thank Frank, listener Frank. He was the one who broke the news to me uh, with a text yesterday. And of course, he's like, "Something's going on here." And last night at that party, I was talking about whatever the subject I was. Something's going on here. And I go, "Wait a minute." She said she just got family issues. Something's going on here, Ben. Come on, stop being so naive. All right. Okay, okay. People get mad at me when I'm like, hey, "Family." I just don't get it, though. I mean, really, literally, even if you had like had some pre something that was really uh, taking your time away from the job. I mean, uh, to a certain degree, with six months left, the the office runs itself. If you announce you're not running for reelection, that gives everybody else who wants to run time uh, to, you know, get their campaigns together, get their prepare for petition gathering, get fund, raise money. So you have like a legitimate we're all starting at the same spot race, but no, we're going to go through this <laughs> ritual in Chicago where the mayor's going to put together a blue ribbon commission of citizens from the war, in this case, the 43rd ward. And they're going to advise her and they're going to come up a list of the nominee, you know, uh, suggested names, right? D they're going to boil it. That's how they do it. We've seen this game. And then the mayor will go, Hmm, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking like it's great thoughts. Our mayors always have great thoughts, right? I was like, I'm thinking deep because I'm a mayor of Chicago. The people of Chicago expect me to think deep. And then she'll name the person they were going to name in the beginning. So uh, we saw that happen uh, with Nicole Lee in the 11th Ward when Patrick Daly Thompson stepped down. Uh, Monique uh, Scott in the 24th Ward when her brother Michael Scott stepped down. So we've seen this game. wasn't it just the other day, D? I was talking about the NASCAR thing and how the people who run the city think you're dumb, Chicago. <laughs> Here's State Exhibit A or B because NASCAR was really A. So I don't know, D. I don't understand. I mean, I, I respect, obviously, if Michelle Smith has pressing issues uh, in her family that she says that she needs to take a break. Okay, just s- finish out your term. You know what I mean? Why? I mean, why do it this way? This gives... This is like the old Chicago handoff. This is like so it's just so anti-democratic. So I D, I'm not I'm not feeling it. OK, I'm just saying to you uh, about that right now. And it was the same thing with uh, Michael Scott when he left to take a job with the film company. I'm like, wait a minute. You, that job's not going anywhere. You could get that job, you know, in six months, whatever it is, nine months. Now. Patrick Daly Thompson, a little different situation. <laughs> he was convicted in a tax evasion case. A federal tax. Okay, well, you know, you got to leave. Uh, but there's this just sort of an absurdity. These handoffs, these rituals that we go through, and, and the pretense that there's like it's like a reform process, and it's all legit. No wonder Chicagoans are so jaded. D. It's just fed to them all year after year after year. All right, so we saw um, we kind of saw this earlier in the year, uh, a new alder person. We saw the selection process, how Lori Lightfoot decided. So 
Any ideas of who could be the older person for this Lincoln Park area? I mean, I'm thinking Monroe Anderson, but I mean, are you thinking anybody? <laughs> well, Monroe would uh, uh, would be an outstanding alderman. By the way, Monroe is not at the party last night. Monroe, I see you. He's supposed to come. He's supposed to be my ride. But then he's like, oh, I have to watch the <laughs> congressional hearings. All right. Good excuse, Monroe. I can uh, duck it and dodge and uh, but uh, anyway, uh, Monroe would be an outstanding uh, Alderman, but he right now currently lives. Uh, he's been gerrymandered into the second ward. Oh, shoot. So he's not eligible to run in the 43rd ward. So, I, so anybody you see? I, anybody? Any ideas? No, I, I do not know. I can't predict. I'd have to see the list of names. It's some insider with <laughs> pals with Lori Lightfoot. You right, guarantee right. that. You know, it's fun. And so in the vote, the big vote uh, on the um, – uh, uh, speed light cameras. We talked about that yesterday at great length. It's on my mind, but we had a conversation with Mark Wallace, the two appointees for, uh, that mayor Lori Lightfoot made, uh, to replace outgoing, uh, alderman. Guess how they voted D oh. Oh, big surprise. <laughs> they voted with the mayor. Oh, there you go. So she won by literally two votes. So, Hey, now it's true that the people that, they replaced would have probably voted with the mayor anyway. Oh, Patrick Daly Thompson. I don't know. He might not, he might've broke from the mayor in this one. Uh, but whatever. So the point is that the mayor appoints the alderman, the alderman is loyal to the mayor. Uh, and, uh, that's considered how you effectively run a, a big city. And so I think there's a level of madness there. So D I cannot predict. I do not know. I don't follow Lincoln Park politics that closely, but I guarantee you uh, breakfast at the restaurant of your choice that it will be some flunky. I mean, ally. Oh, of my gosh. Mayor. Well, <laughs> breakfast at any place of your choice. It's going to be some NASCAR fan. <laughs> Start getting the NASCAR hype going in the city. You know what I mean? Oh, God, NASCAR. Uh, I'll be riffing on that one in the column. But uh, uh, no, I, I like the pancake. You know, I like pancakes. Dude. You know that. Or could it be someone yeah. who's like, you know, uh, has a lot of money and they want to possibly give it to Lightfoot? But uh, if, they oh, put, well, if, they put, if they put her I mean, person in, then... area. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, get that, it, get that know, campaign it, money? Yeah. There, there's always that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know, you, you would think that the way Dennis views the world, he was born and raised in Chicago, but no, he's only lived there for a few years, but he's kind of figured it out. It, it took him a lot faster than it took me. I was like, oh... Oh, what a great city. The alderman stepped down. Now we're going to have a reform process. It's like, all right, which one, you, which one of you rich guys has someone I could put in this alderman seat? I'll, you know, give me some campaign money. We'll work out a deal, right? That could happen, right? Yeah, Maybe. it could happen. Maybe. That could happen, you know, and then uh, yeah, everybody takes care of everybody else. Right. So, uh, yeah, but uh, it, it sort of makes a farce. takes sort out of this. It makes a farce out of democracy uh, and the whole notion you know, and then the funny thing, like we have this big debate over term limits. People aren't even finishing the terms they got. It's just ridiculous. Now I'm all fired up. You run, you say you want to run for a four year term and then you don't finish the job. I don't understand it, D. I, I, uh, I don't understand it. And like, again, if there's pressing uh, concerns that you have that will force you not to, uh, you know, do the job full time. Okay. Just it's, it's only six months from the election. You know what I'm saying? It's like a certain point, the ward runs itself. So I, I don't, 
I don't like it. I don't buy it, buy the process. And uh, is it as bad as an alderman taking bribes? No. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I always like the hierarchy of just bad things in Chicago that aldermen do. Okay. But the bar's low, ladies and gentlemen, when you start comparing it to things like that. All right. More alderman news here. And uh, could this be uh, something we see in the future? Uh, with the campaign of one Lori Lightfoot. Alderman Matt O'Shea, been of what ward? 1919. Good God, you're a dork. Whose endorsement of candidate Lori Lightfoot <laughs> in the 2019 runoff election was pivotal to her landslide victory. Said Thursday, he will make no mayoral endorsement this time because he'd have a civil war on his hands yeah. if he backed Lightfoot again. He says the senseless violence is so pervasive across the city and for people to say things like murders are down is insulting. We're a world-class city. I don't know if we are anymore based on where we're headed. I've been very disappointed. My disappointment is the fact that public safety is compromised in the city. Crime is up. Uh, perception of crime is up. Bad guys are winning. Wow. All right. So let me take the deep dive in this one. Uh, Matt O'Shea, 19th Ward, far southwest side of the city. Uh, it's an area of the ward with many police officers live there. Many firefighters live there. Uh, Johnny Catanzara, uh, the head of the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police, uh, is pretty popular there. Uh, and Johnny has made it clear. Uh, that he is will run uh, candidates uh, against the elected officials in areas like the 19th, the 23rd Ward on the southwest side, 41st uh, on the northwest side, uh, if the aldermen or the local state reps, whatever, don't fall in line and do what he wants. So a guy like Matt O'Shea, he's got to really worry what Johnny Catanzara has to say. I mean, that's just power, politics, power politics. So if I want to be as just like, quote, unquote, objective as possible, crime is up. Crime's always been up. There was murders in this city throughout the 90s when Mayor Daley, the beloved Mayor Daley, that the 19th Ward voted for year after year after year. They love Mayor Daley. And then they love, kind of love Mayor Rahm. Maybe not as much as they love Mayor Daley, you know, but they love Mayor Rahm too. I didn't hear him crying about crime when it was Mayor Daley. Crime is up. Crime's always up in Chicago. Okay, it fluctuates. That's true. Okay, let me backtrack. It fluctuates. One year it's higher than the next, one year it's lower. And then when you try to find out an explanation, D, like why the rise, why the, the you, then you get into the world of jargon. <laughs> Never a coherent response. So my, my situation is if you're critical of Mayor Lori Lightfoot because crime is up now, why weren't you critical of Richie Daly? Why, why weren't you critical of the mayor data? You just take a look at the murders in Chicago throughout the nineties and some horrific murders as that. It's a strange city. So everybody's mad at Lori Lightfoot because of crime. And now she's like moving right on crime, you know? And, um, I've been here at D since 81. It's pretty, pretty cr heavy crime city the whole time. I remember during Rom's years, I say this, uh, remember this memory when he went, I forget where, some super smart group of kids, or young uh, college grads or uh, graduate students, real brainiacs, like maybe Stanford types, you know, they, like, they're going to go immediately go out and make a fortune because they're really smart and talented. So God bless them. And Rom gave a speech to him or he had a little, uh, it, it was more like a seminar. He was talking to him and he was trying to encourage them come to Chicago. And he goes, yeah, I've, I know you've read stories about the crime, but it's only in a handful of neighborhoods. 
Oh, God. There, that's our mayor dealing with crime. Well, so it's just a couple of neighborhoods. I mean, who cares? You know, you're, it's not going to affect you. So crime has been in the city of Chicago, D, for as long as I can remember. It's just curious that this mayor, they're going to hold her accountable. They didn't hold Rahm accountable. They didn't hold Daly accountable. And I'm no fan of Lori Lightfoot. Everybody knows that. I'm kind of like Matt, Matt O'Shea in some ways. I voted for her. <laughs> I, I'm actually worse than O'Shea. I think O'Shea voted for somebody else. He probably voted for Jeremiah Joyce uh, in the um, uh, the first go around. And they made such a big deal about it when he, the 19th Ward is going with Lori Lightfoot over Tony Preckwinkle. <laughs> so, no, I'm just saying that. Um, uh, I, too, I, I, I have a, a profound disappointment with a lot of things uh, that Lori Lightfoot has done. Uh, and uh, I will search for alternatives, to put it mildly. But this notion that somehow or other we're going to hold her accountable for crime in Chicago when we didn't uh, hold Daly accountable, it's a little hard for me to take. Will this affect Lori Lightfoot and the campaign moving on? Do you see this being a bigger problem in the future? Yes or no? No, I, 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 uh, in the first round, I do not think it will be a big problem. Uh, and, uh, but this so far down the road, uh, like who's in the second round, you know what I'm saying? So like, if it's a, a right person on the right, uh, that uh, would be popular in the 19th ward, like I'm thinking of like, a, a Raylo or a Paul Vallis or, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of the people who were Willie Wilson, even, uh, someone on the right, it might, uh, uh, help. The fact that Matt O'Shea uh, is against Lori Lightfoot might help. Uh, but if it's a lefty, I don't think it's going to really help that much because I can't imagine someone in the 19th ward like Matt O'Shea endorsing a lefty. Uh, so I think it's it remains to be seen, you know, how damaging this is to Lori Lightfoot. And more aldermanic news here. Well, a wannabe alderman, Chicago attorney Sam Royko is running for alderman in the first ward. The seat is currently held by who, Ben? Daniel Espada. Royko is the youngest son of the late Sun-Times columnist Mike Royko and has been outspoken on safety issues in his ward. We're going to pause it right there, Ben. I know huge Mike Royko fan, uh, also huge Daniel Espada fan. Does this put you at odds at all, Ben? Uh, not really. I mean, uh, <laughs> I did love Mike Royko. He's one of my heroes back in the uh, 60s and the 70s. Uh, Sam uh, Royko, a young attorney, uh, was on our show once. Remember that, D? Yes, I do. Show. Yes, I do. Uh, and uh, so, you know, uh, I like his dad, but uh, I don't know. He's got to stand on his own. He's a nice young man. Came on the show. Uh, you know, he's running on a crime issue, law and order issue. Uh, and uh, yeah, he said here last year, my girlfriend was carjacked. It was a traumatic experience. We decided to turn this difficult event into an opportunity. And uh, Dan Lespada, of course, is a, a democratic socialist. Uh, he was victorious uh, to a large degree because in the last election, uh, Proco Joe was so embarrassingly bad by that uh, point, the old alderman, uh, that there was a revolt and people just were voting uh, for whoever was running against Proco Joe at the time, uh, except for really like adoring fans of 1990s rock and roll. They probably stayed loyal to him to the end. Uh, I'm sure they jumped off the boat, too. <laughs> they jumped, the Kurt Cobain boat. Ah, oh, God, he came. And I came. <laughs> so, look, he's a Democratic socialist. Uh, and so this is the playbook of moderate uh, Democrats. Uh, Sam Royko is a moderate Democrat. Uh, and we're watching Lori Lightfoot do it as well. 
it's the flip side of what we were talking about with Matt O'Shea. So Matt O'Shea from uh, the far southwest side of Chicago, where Johnny Canzara and MAGA is strong, or relatively strong, uh, is denouncing Lori Lightfoot uh, for not doing enough on crime. Uh, and Lori Lightfoot and uh, people like Sam Royko are going to really go after lefties like Dan LaSpada, Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez in her ward, uh, Carlos uh, Rosa in his ward. They're going to all have to deal with this. They're not tough on crime. Uh, they're part of the defund the police crowd. Uh, they're going to just try to fire up a D your generation. They're going to try to turn uh, millennials, professionals who live in the area uh, against uh, the, the left uh, and they're just, that's what they're going to play into D and uh, listen, my heart is with the, always going to be with the democratic socialists because they're, tr- they say the right things. They're trying to do the right things. I've always warned them as the older guy that you can't go too far in this issue of, uh, policing and defunding the policing because you're not, the people aren't with you on it. And they always scoff at me, uh, and, uh, tell me to quit shaming voters. So this will be a test case. Uh, I could just see from the opening shots that Sam Rico came out with that he's running on crime and law and order and he's going to be tougher. And so we'll see how it plays out D. Um, but you know, when crime is high, people don't care about things like equity. People don't care about things like fairness. You know, uh, if, if you're well to do, uh, people really don't care about whether, you know, it's just black people rounded up, poor black people rounded up. You know what I'm saying? D it's like all the things that you, you're, ah, I know I'm supposed to care about that, but eh, open window throw out. <laughs> so we'll see where it goes with, it. I don't know. I, you know, I, uh, I've been wrong on this issue. Oh, Rosanna, uh, call texting me on election night because her allies won on the Northwest side and they were running against, up uh, the, uh, uh, people who were playing the Johnny Catanzara tough on law and order theme and they were victorious and going, and she was like, ha ha, Ben, we were right. So I'm going to bring her back, let her do a victory lap. But we shall see in 23. (laughs) Oh my Lord. Yeah. Are you P Diddy? (laughs) Okay. Now I'm not from here. So apologies for my ignorance. Mike Royko uh, never ran for anything or. Oh no. Okay. Mike Rickle made fun of Alderman. Okay. He called them all their creatures. This is really kind of huh. funny that his son. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah, Mike, Mike Rickle was savage on Alderman. Mike Rickle was a great satirist. He was a truly one of the most, in my humble opinion, he may have been the greatest col- newspaper columnist of all time, in my humble opinion. Uh, and, uh, and he was so influential. It was a totally different era, D. People actually read newspapers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, I make fun, how I make fun of myself for being the only guy who actually gets a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Well, back in the seventies, hold tight, millennials. We had rotary phones. Yes, oh, you actually do, turned to the. Do dial. you want people listening? Why are you telling people about this? And Barney Miller, what a show! Oh, okay, God. Uh, and uh, but anyway, so uh, newspapers. Mike Rocco was hugely influential, and a lot of people of my age who have this. Uh, sneering attitude toward aldermen, alder creatures, as Royko would call them, um, got it from Royko. He made fun of them all the time. And uh, so the fact that his son is running for alderman is in itself kind of uh, quirky and funny. Uh, But, you know, the people who remember that, like old people like me, you know what I'm saying? Millennials don't know. 
they 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 know Sam Royko more than they know Mike Royko. You know what I'm saying? They know uh, they don't know Mike Royko. So well, the ones who stuck around after that rotary thing, they they know now. They know all about them. <laughs> the rotary. <laughs> But hey, best of luck, Mr. Roy Co. And uh, there it was, the latest of a mayor and her alderman. <laughs> oh, come on, alderman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> come on, alderman. <laughs> now to the news in the state of Illinois. First headline, 185 new marijuana dispensary licenses to be issued starting today. Ben, did you get a license? I didn't get a license. Damn. All right. Well, the next round of licenses to sell pot in Illinois are being issued. The state is handing out 185 new adult-use dispensary licenses to applicants picked in three lotteries last year. The first wave of conditional licenses will be handed out on or before Friday. There will be two more waves of marijuana licenses issued on or before August 5th and 19th. Applicants have to finish their compliance checks before they can get their licenses. Yeah, well, about time. Uh, and... Uh... I don't know. It, it, uh, we've, we, we've talked about this so many times in the show, D, uh, the fact that for years and years and years, uh, black people were arrested for uh, doing something that white people did, smoking reefer. Uh, and uh, and now suddenly it's legal and figure, oh, okay, now uh, black people uh, will get to uh, sell it legally, make money off of it, as opposed to running the illegal market. Nope, <laughs> it's all run by rich white people. What a world, people. So better late than never, huh, D? Better late than never uh, on the, the social equity. Isn't that what they call it, the social equity? Like doing the right thing for once in our life. Drag kicking and screaming the whole time. City of Chicago. Yeah, it seems like uh, another issue we haven't really uh, talked about in a while. Uh, yeah, we haven't talked about it in a long while, actually. Uh, recreational cannabis. Uh, in Illinois, any other updates you uh, have on that? Or I have none on on this particular front, uh, other than the fact that uh, I will I pledge uh, in the coming year to start smoking reefer again. How about that, D? There we go. <laughs> I don't know why I pledge that, but I I just did. Everybody thinks I smoke it anyway, which is so funny. But yeah. So someone told me, like I told you, D, like they got the new special release of Solomon. I was always telling them this the kind of reefer that doesn't make you feel all. Anxious and edgy, so I'm going to take that kind. Right, so that's my pledge for 2023. Maybe help me get through the aldermanic elections. There you go, and the mayoral election. Oh my God, the mayoral election. By the way, D, got to tell you this before we move on. So one of the bonus interviews we did this week is with the great Ken Davis. Yes, Kenny D, and a lot of it was boomers talking about 1972. So yeah, we went. We were talking rotary phone days, ladies and gentlemen. It was a blast, though. We really had a lot of fun. But then he pulled a stun on me, D. I didn't tell you this. He did a. He did to me what we usually do to our guests. So he pulled out a piece of paper. He thought he was slick, Ken Davis. And on that paper were the names. I believe there's 15 candidates who ran in the first round for mayor in two, 2019. And he goes, name them, go. I didn't, it, it was, whoa, right there on the spotlight. Okay. I had a, man, I didn't go into the vault of my brain. That's the drilling. Uh, and, uh, very proud of the fact that I named uh, 13 
of the 15. Then it got like his counting was off. <laughs> Two boomers doing this. He goes, I think there's 16 actually. I'm not sure. Anyway, so I was very proud of the fact uh, that uh, the only one I didn't get was um, I can't remember who I did. Oh, Jeremiah Joyce. Sorry, Jeremiah Joyce was running on the 19th ward. I did. I forgot uh, Jeremiah Joyce. And then there was another one. I for- oh, I forgot Bob Fioretti. Uh, sorry, Bob. So anyway, very proud of that fact. All right, quick gubernatorial candidate update. Hey, friends, are you ready for government to dictate and control your lives again? You're one step closer. J.B. Pritzker, our tyrannical governor. Face coverings. D.B., J.B., bringing it on. D.B. versus J.B. D.B. and J.B. Yeah. Morning consult showed Governor J.B. Pritzker's approval rating at 51% among Illinois voters, or seven points above water in polling lingo. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Meanwhile, the governor has $60 million in cash uh, on hand at the end of June compared to, now come on, Dare, hit up that Uline guy again, $363,000 for Darren uh, Bailey. Yeah, I saw that uh, poll, 51%. Yeah, I'm nervous, man. Yeah, yeah, 51%. I'm nervous. I think it's going to be a close race. Yeah, this Democratic strategy, we talk about this a lot now. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to help nominate the wackiest, wildest MAGA uh, extremists because they're easier to beat. (laughs) Then you're at 51%. Boom. That looks a little close to me. Boom. That's like, man, what if you lose? Oh, well, we're fucked, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I know this one's not going uh, on uh, Lumpkin Radio. Uh, But uh, (laughs) uh, so, but, you know, he's got the money. And generally in politics and races like this, you go, the guy without much money advantage has the advantage. But then, you know, DB will come right back and go, well, uh, that wasn't the case in the primary. You know, uh, the Kenny G money went to Richard Irvin. How long before I forget that name? You know what I'm saying? It's like. I very think, forgettable I name. It's nothing like, you know, very, you know, bland kind of name. I'd say uh, by the end of the year. You think how long before I forget? Uh, how long will I be able to name the six candidates for governor on the Republican side? How long will that linger in my brain, cluttering up space? Like I did thirteen out of fifteen mayoral candidates from four years ago. D. Okay. All right. So that's the only uh, gubernatorial news we have. Uh, hey Bailey, get some more money, dude. Figure <laughs> it out. Sell one yeah. of those farms. All right. Moving on, what a badass. Congresswoman Jan Schakowsky was among 19 lawmakers arrested in Washington Tuesday while taking part in an abortion rights protest in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, I'm okay. I'm glad uh, they're standing up for abortion rights. Uh, I think this is a paramount issue uh, in this election or one. I don't know. The the fascists to take over the country is pretty paramount. Uh, uh, but this is a very important issue, at least to me. So I, I applaud them uh, for doing it. Uh, and uh, I wish, I, I hope they keep uh, the pressure on Republicans on this one, D. I mean, these are sort of symbolic arrests, as you know. They, I don't believe they spend much time in an actual lockup if they spend any time. It's all like prearranged when a congressman gets uh, arrested like this. It's like a whole choreographed thing. All right. So you're going to uh, arrest me, and then I'm going to walk yeah. out, and then we'll go in, and I'll look like I'm yeah. arrested. Then I'll leave. Yeah, and all charges will be dropped. 
Uh, and it was like Mark, uh, Mark Wallace was saying about the bicyclists in Chicago. I was, God, that, that interview really stayed with me anyway. Um, but, uh, I hope they keep the pressure on and better. My opinion, uh, uh, I don't know if the word better is the right one, but a tactic I hope they continue is to have, continue to have votes, uh, in Congress on this issue because the polls show that a majority of Americans uh, believe that abortion should be available to women uh, in some cases, you know, and uh, and uh, so the more you put this issue on the front burner, the more you force Republicans to confront the reality uh, that they have embraced an ideology that is extremist and is cruel and twisted and weird and demented. Like if you wouldn't let a 10 year old girl who's been raped to get an abortion, if you're going to make her carry the child to birth, that's pretty twisted and weird. Uh, so I'm, I applaud them for putting it on the front burners, D. Not quite sure if these choreographed arrest scenes uh, have much impact, but, you know, whatever it takes, D. All right. And finally, Governor J.B. Pritzker tested positive Ooh. for COVID-19 this week, just days after traveling to Florida. Damn Ooh. it, Florida. <laughs> D, is it just is it just me or is it like COVID picking on Democrats right now? I don't know. I just seem like COVID says, you know, I'm tired of Republicans. I'm gonna go after the Democrats. Yeah, Joe Biden got it this week as well. Joey B, Joey B got it, uh, and uh, Pritzker got it. Uh, Benny Thompson, who is uh, running the the congressman from Mississippi, who's running the uh, the chair of the uh, investigation into the January 6th insurrection, he got it. Yeah, you uh, so got it. Yeah, all the hippies are it. getting it this time around. I'm so afraid. Like, after, as soon as we're done, I'm going downtown for this uh, Chicago Reporter uh, panel discussion. Going to a wedding tomorrow. I am just like, oh, I'm scared. I'm going to wear a mask. Yeah, you've really, uh, you've really taken a turn here. Uh, you went yeah. from, like, being in the attic, not really being around anybody. So now you're going to a wedding. I don't know, man. I'm insane. <laughs> I, 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 these are... Some of my dearest, closest friends, I've known the, the young woman who's getting married since she was a kid. It's like, I'll be wearing a mask. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to a dear friend of the show and, my, and Dennis and my, Maya got COVID. Maya Duke Masafa. But we will still be doing First Tuesday. I just want to say that. Uh, okay. Terry Cosgrove will be joining us at First Tuesdays, August 2nd at the hideout. Maya is over the worst of the COVID. So, uh she should be good for first Tuesdays, and we're going to have a, a, a great show uh, Tuesday, August 2nd, uh, 6 o'clock at the hideout. Be there be or be square. Uh, but uh, shout out Maya. She's feeling better today, she said. It's been, she's had it for about two weeks now, so she's at the tail end if she's not completely over it. Oh, wow. All right. Pritzker, who is how old is J.B. Pritzker? J.B. Pritzker, he's younger than me, that's for sure, 57. J.B. Pritzker, 57-year-old, tweeted that he is experiencing mild symptoms and is being treated with antiviral medication. Wait, I was right? Yeah, you were right. <laughs> I swear to God, yeah, I mean, I was just, that was just a guess, okay? Uh, wow, feeling pretty good, man, wow. All right, now, people, it is time for a new segment here on The Ben Jarofsky Show, one where we look back at our host's work. For those who don't know, and I'm not sure how you wouldn't, we've mentioned it quite a bit leading up to this point, but our host, Ben Jarofsky, is also a columnist for the Chicago Reader. How long has he been there? Five? Ten years? No. <laughs> Try damn near 40. <laughs> yes, this man has been writing columns from the Chicago Reader since the mid-80s. Now, Ben, 
if you uh -huh. notice behind me, there's this vault. See yeah, I wonder what that was. Yeah, yeah, it's a vault. I found it at Goodwill. Okay. And for Goodwill, it wasn't cheap. Forty-seven dollars. So you wow. know, got it. Thank you. It's mine. Is Goodwill's last name hunting? Go well, I, I bought this vault. Forty-seven dollars at Goodwill. Okay. It's huge. It's gigantic. Right. I bought it, and now there are stacks and stacks <laughs> of Ben Jarofsky Chicago Raider columns inside. Okay. All right. So you ready to open up this vault? Are you ready to check out some of your old, and I mean old, work, <laughs> and have our first installment of Ben Jarofsky's Column Chronicles? Are you ready? I am ready. Right. I was born ready for this. Excellent. Hang tight. Let me crank open this vault here. Give him a little deja vu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've never done this. All right. Oh, crank it open here. Check this out. Pretty cool, right? Look at this thing. Holy crap. Oh, my. Oh, my. There's a lot of columns, huh? Oh, my God. It was a crash. I think the columns fell on the floor. All right. We're in the vault. Now, let's find a piece of your work to discuss. Now, there was one I was looking for in particular. Holy crap. There's a lot of columns. <laughs> ben, while I find this column, 40 years. Almost 40 years. How does that feel? Old. Uh, the first column. I started writing for the, on a regular basis columns for the reader in 1984. Or eighty-five, maybe. Uh, be, uh, before that, it was sporadic freelance pieces. Uh, so eighty-five, fifteen—that's thirty-seven years. God, I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> Holy crap! I've been doing this a long time. All right. So, yeah. It's oh. good, good life, dear. Good life. Here's an interesting one. It's not the one I was looking for, but this is an interesting one here. Check this uh, headline out. This is from April twenty-first, nineteen eighty-eight. Wow. Well, I know. I was like four. All right. The stadium game. Who loses if the White Sox win? It says here, if it all goes well, the planners say in a year, maybe two, the bulldozers will come and level the old neighborhood. By that time, the residents, mostly working class blacks, will have been relocated. And then, hooray, the White Sox will stay in Chicago playing baseball in a brand new $120 million stadium built at the public's expense on the land once known as South Armour Square. Ben, you remember this? Oh, yeah. I, this guy, what has changed? <laughs> At least I'm consistent. Uh, I, and, and I say this as a White Sox fan. I love the White Sox. Uh, but they, they, they used to have a stadium there called Comiskey Park. God, my old. Some people call it White Sox Park. Uh, and now uh, they tore it down. I think it was in 89 eventually. It took about three years to, to get the deal done. Uh, and, of course, I gave voice to those people who were opposed to it. You know me, D. It's like the whole city got together. What a great idea. The White Sox are going to stay in Chicago. Governor Thompson was behind it. Uh, Mayor Washington started behind it. Mayor Sawyer, by this time it was Mayor Sawyer, he was behind it. And of course, Daly uh, was behind it uh, when um, when he became mayor in 89. Uh, but me, mm -mm, I'm going to be with the people who are against it. <laughs> That's just kind of how I roll. And uh, so, yeah, I remember that, uh, pointing out that uh, I, I walked through that neighborhood many times. Uh, I could still see the houses and the people that I interviewed who were going to get displaced. And basically, uh, you know, their, their attitude was they were used to uh, Chicago ways. And so they were just hoping to get the, you know, the most money for the relocation they could possibly get. Uh, because they figured it was just a matter of time, you know, the powers that be would get what they want, and they were correct. But do you know what the funny thing is, D? Hmm. I learned to to like White Sox Park. You know, 
Oh, all of a sudden I was Obama. Uh, I've learned to like White Sox Park, and uh, I mean way more than Wrigley Field than the the Cubs scene. So I really enjoy going to White Sox games, but that it didn't stop me. Mm-mm-mm. You know, so if there was a fight going on between the powers that be and folks who are going to get crushed, I'll go be with the folks who are going to get crushed. Kind oh, of that's... a weird view of the world, I guess. Yeah, kind of a weirdo. All right, now check this one out. Check this one out. January 5th, 1989. Oh, my God. I'll just read the headline. You tell me if you remember this, all right? Alley fight in Lincoln Park, an oh old-fashioned neighborhood feud. Oh, jeez. D, I did so many <laughs> stories like this. I, I don't remember the particulars of this story, but I, I just, just the headline I remember. And so I would, so I would get calls from people all over the city. They would find their way to me because I wrote about neighborhood issues. And like some neighbor would be fighting with another neighbor or it would be a, a local school council and one faction would be fighting with another faction or the head of the school would be fighting with the principal. I, but I would just like, I, I would be drawn to them. I would write these chronicles of these fights. Uh, and I was always trying to raise a greater point, like to show how the city works. Uh, but it was an opportunity for me to uh, go to different neighborhoods, meet different types of people, uh, get a sense of what Chicagoans are like. I feel like I've studied you, Chicago. I've talked to so many of you people. And uh, and then after a while, I just stopped doing them because it's like getting in the middle of a divorce. That's why I always <laughs> tell people. It's like getting in the middle of a divorce. This one is just so filled with venom toward the other one. They can't. I just I can't take it. And then every time you come back to them, did I tell you about this? The guy is a blah, 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 blah. And uh, it's just like, oh, my God, the accusations. People, well, you know. Uh, so-and-so is a drunkard. You know that, don't you? You know, so-and-so's son is a drug dealer. You know that, don't you? So they, they be bad-mouthing each other. I remember telling my wife, that's it. I'm not doing these stories anymore. I can't deal with it. <laughs> Bad vibes. People are freaking this crazy. One said, this one says, the unpaved alley behind Draper Street is eight feet oh, wide, God. less than one block long, and cluttered with weeds, dog turds, and clumps of brown grass. You remember this? Oh, yeah, man. I, I remember that. Come on. You got to give me credit, man. Every week I wrote stories like this, people. All right? You know, <laughs> I'm an old war horse. <laughs> Oh, that's more of a cow than a horse. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been doing this a long time, D, and, uh, yeah, it's like that, going to an alley. I've been in alleys all over the city of Chicago, and some resident will show me, like, they don't pick up the garbage, and they'll show me the big garbage pile, and the guy will tell me the whole story about how he's feuding with Streets and Sand, and that guy would teach me how Streets and Sand operates, and I would deal with the bureaucrats, the PR folks at Streets and Sand. This, most of this stuff was written during the daily years, Richie M. Daily. And that's why they hated me so much. So, yeah, the D alleys kind of like alleys. I don't know what you're thought about alleys are, but, you know, I, I, a lot of times when I'm walking, I go through the alleys. I don't know oh, about you. I mean, nice place to sneak off and smoke pot. Um, <laughs> I see a lot of young people smoking. Don't mind me. I don't care. Smoking reefer. I don't care. I, I thought it should be legal. Going a little walk. All right. Go to this alley real quick. Rip a little doobie. Come out. All right. What's up? Yeah. When the show started. From the attic. I'm about to say, I'm not sure it's true. I was going to say uh, reefer was illegal, but I think it was legal by the time we started this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but from time to time, I remember in the early days, I haven't seen this in a while. Like while doing the show, there were some kids gather around our trash can smoking. <laughs> <sighs> Who's that old guy up there? <laughs> that old weirdo. <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah, alleys, man. Love alleys. Oh, okay. Here's the piece I was looking for. All right. The one we're going to cover today, our feature piece for Ben Jarofsky Column Chronicles. Hope this is going well, guys. This comes from August 17th, 1989. August 17th, 1989. And before we get into the column, let's take a look back at what was going on back in August 17th, 1989. Ben, who was mayor of Chicago August 17th, 1989? Uh, by August 17th, uh, Richard M. Daly. Richard M. Daly was the mayor of Chicago. All right. The top three movies, August 17th, 1989. Ben, uh, I have three movies here. You're going to pick which one was number one. Which was the number one movie, August 17th, 1989? Was it Batman starring Michael Keaton? Ghostbusters 2? Or was it Parenthood? Parenthood starring Batman. Steve Martin. Batman? Yes. You're wrong. It was Parenthood at number one. <laughs> Batman, number two. Ghostbusters 2, the number three. The oh, no- my God. Ghostbusters 2 was actually number three? It made it that high? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Did you see any of these movies? I saw all three of them. Really? What'd you think yeah. of what'd you, Out of all three, what's the better movie? I like Parenthood the best. Yeah, Steve Martin. Ronnie that's good Howard. Movie. Uh, Ronnie Howard's the director, as I recall. So I enjoy Parenthood. I was a uh, very young parent back then so i appreciated it uh i haven't seen it since 1989 so i have no idea if it holds up but i was not a big fan it's gonna be trouble i'm not a huge batman fan yeah i like the, the tv show way before your time batman oh yeah oh yeah da, 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 da. i like that because it was like uh funny it was uh it's tongue-in-cheek i was hoping that the movies would be that i would go to the movies expecting to see adam west type batman and it was all serious and dark. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super dark. All right. The number one song was Right Here Waiting by Richard Marks. Ben, sing it for us. Right here, waiting. <laughs> I'm right here. We're right here. Wait. <laughs> Come on. Wherever you go, whatever you do. Oh, I do actually know that song. Right. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Wait for you. Uh, right. That was the number one song, uh, August 17th, I, I, 1989. I know it was number one. Did Richard I, Marks. What high school did Richard Marks graduate from? Oh, of course. He went to uh, George Bush High. <laughs> Close. Highland Park High School. Go ahead, dude. Okay. All right. Uh, The top TV shows, August 17th, 1989, Dallas. Oh, my mom was watching that one. Uh, (laughs) Only Fools and Horses. I've never heard of that. Mm -hmm. The Golden Girls and The Equalizer. Do you remember The Equalizer, Ben? 1989? No, I do not. But I was a huge fan of Golden Girls, must confess. Absolutely. Golden Girls. B. Arthur, may you rest in peace. Uh, Betty White. May you rest in peace. All the Golden Girls. May you all rest in peace. Yes. Uh, In the headlines, August 17th, 1989, Bush boosts candidate for Pepper's House seat. President Bush in his first major political outing since taking office uh, today dropped into the midst of a fight with intensifying racial and ethnic overtones here to succeed the late representative Claude Pepper. Yeah. You remember that? Uh, I I remember Claude Pepper. Claude Pepper uh, was a congressman uh, from Florida who lasted till I think he was a hundred. Uh, and he used to be a real lefty back in the day, a new deal lefty. Uh, and somehow he survived all those years, uh, as a just the thought of a Claude pepper type getting elected in Florida is just inconceivable in my mind right now. But yeah, I remember Claude pepper. I don't remember this particular fight. Uh, but, uh, and that Bush would be of course, daddy Bush, not baby Bush, who was the president. Uh, that you millennials remember in 2000, but uh, his father, George 
Bush. They're both George Bushes who was elected oh. in 1988. Polish lawmakers vote to form new government. Uh, mm-hmm. Solidarity movement legislators voted today to form a new governing coalition with two small parties long allied with the Polish Communist Party and what would be the first non-communist government in the Soviet bloc in more than four decades. Well, yeah, yeah I remember all that. Yeah. I do remember, every, but you know, as D back in those days, I was so focused in Chicago. I just read about these things in the uh, paper. I didn't actually talk exactly. about exactly. That was the question I was going to ask you. When when did the crossover come to where you started talking national politics in your columns? Because the ones I'm going through, it's all local. Oh, it. I didn't really uh, take the deep dive. I mean, start doing it on a regular basis until the last uh, Trump. I mean, I would oh, occasionally wow. do it, uh, occasionally, but it wasn't until Trump. And then I was just like, my attitude was, you know, the stakes are so high. I feel as though I'm ignoring what's really going on by just focusing on some aldermanic feud. And by by the time you and I met, I had long since stopped doing neighborhood news uh, stories. You know, I, I was always doing citywide more citywide stories, uh, but uh Really, it was two-part thing. One, I thought Rauner was just such a disaster. That's when I began to focus on the statewide stuff. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, so I really picked up. And then once Donald Trump got elected, I was like, that's it. Ah, come on. You know, I'm going to put my lifelong obsession with politics because I've been following it forever. I'm going to put it to use. And so so it's really been about, thank you, Donald Trump. huh? That's the part they're going to take out the. If, if I ever make it with MAGA, they'll take that little excerpt. Thank you, Donald Trump. Frankly, I'd like to thank Ben. Very nice. <laughs> Frankly. By the way, oh, my God, I was thinking of you because last night I was watching Donald Trump. They had the clip of the speech where he, I don't know if you saw this, but for the Congressional Committee, the investigation. So they had the clip of Donald Trump uh, doing his his speech, uh, televised speech the day after the insurrection, and he kept stopping it. You know, because he didn't, it, it was too harsh on the insurrectionists, so he kept correcting himself on it. And I'm like, listening to Donald Trump, I go, oh my God, Donald Trump sounds just like Dr. D. Oh, wait, or is it the other way around? So, <laughs> frankly, uh, all, right, anyway. <laughs> yeah. all right, now that you have an idea of what the world was like back right. on August 17th, 1989, let's take a look at Ben's column. August 17th, 1989, the title, Segregation City, Chicago Flunks 5, Demographic Tests, 1989, all right? I'll I'll read a little bit of this, and you go from there. Ben, it says here, in 1986, two scholars from Philadelphia set out to conduct an exhaustive racial analysis of cities and suburbs across the land. Three years later, their computers, I imagine how big those things were, their computers have revealed, probably looks like the one you have now, Ben, revealed some dismal information. Chicago's metropolitan area is the most segregated region in the country. Put it this way. According to their study, the likelihood of an inner city black youth encountering a white person in the course of a day is less than 20%. Uh, I'll stop there. Ben, you remember writing this? Yes, I do. I, I do remember this. Uh, it was two scholars. I think one was named Massey and the other was named Denton. And I'm really doing this off the top of my head. Uh, and um, I mean, Chicago always had a reputation of being segregated. Uh, and they were making an attempt to quantify it. Uh, and so this was uh, at the beginning of the Richard Daly era. 
in the city of Chicago. Uh, and uh, of course, the powers that be in the city uh, had got, as they viewed it, a break when Harold Washington died in office, and that's how they viewed it. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, and then the, uh, the the Civil War between uh, Evans and Sawyer and the black community, ancient history, uh, made uh, just divided up the black vote. And so the powers that be were delighted that Richard Daly uh, would be the mayor uh, forever as long as he wanted it. it worked out that way. And then he handed it off to Rahm. Uh, and so they did not in any way want to confront the segregation that has existed in this city from the get-go and the hatred that exists in the city and the fear that exists in the city. And for a guy like me, uh, D, who grew up really uh, admiring Dr. Martin Luther King and and then like just, thinking he was the greatest American we should emulate to have a city uh, that would be um, so determined to continue segregation uh, is to put it mildly dispiriting. And so uh, I remember, I don't know how I found my way to these two scholars. I can't remember that. It was so long ago. Uh, But uh, I remember taking the deep dive and reading the report and uh, writing about it uh, and just feeling it's like, well, you know, it had been 20 years since King came to Chicago talking about the need to break up segregation uh, and have open housing. Uh, they successfully kicked him out of Chicago, threw a rock, hit him in the head. And now we were 23 years later and we were even worse than we were in 66 when he came here. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, we are now, how many years is that, Dave? 33 years. <laughs> oh, my God. After I wrote the story, we're pretty much where we're at uh, and uh, where we were back then. So... Yeah, it was, they broke it down. So this this whole notion of like they had different, uh, as I recall, different uh, f- forms of segregation. So like like it's like you may live in a neighborhood or a community that is officially integrated, but what's is your block like? So Chicago, you know what I mean? Uh, you may go to a uh, like a. Uh, grocery store that is like on the fringe of a neighborhood, but are, are there black people where white people shop, you know, things like this. They really broke it down into uh, uh, various uh, categories just to show the unlikelihood that a black and a white person would even pass each other. <laughs> just, even just walk by each other and look at each other. Who I just saw a black person. Ooh, now now looking saw. at that, looking at that column at 2022 uh, mm-hmm. has, has much changed. no, I, I don't think much has changed at all. Absolutely not. Uh, I feel as though uh, the people who, who want integration are a very small minority in the city of Chicago. For most people, it's not black or white. It's not a reality. Uh, and um, so the city's policies for the last, for the daily and years have been to uh, effectively uh, annihilate uh, integration. There's the gentrification of Chicago uh, where integration exists only for that brief period before black people are priced out of a neighborhood. Uh, and uh, in the old days, integration was existed for that brief period of time before white people uh, were uh, ran from a neighborhood. So that's Chicago. That's the situation in Chicago. And uh, so Chicagoans sort of once a year get together for Martin Luther King's birthday and act like they really believe in integration. And then for the rest of the year, it's like, see ya, (laughs) wouldn't want to be ya. Uh, And that's just Chicago, man. That's how you are, Chicago. You know it. Don't act like it's not that way. You know it's true. 
All right, everybody. And that was our first installment of Ben Jarofsky's Column Chronicles. Ben, give me the columns back. Thank you very much. All right. I like them. All right. No, we got to put them back in the vault. Hold on. Let me get them all organized here. Throw them in there. All right. Great. We're closing the vault up. Hold on. Yeah. Hey, I think that segment went pretty well. What do you think, Ben? I loved it. Oh, yeah. Really cool. All right. Oh, what? Stand back. Stand back. Oh, my God. Dude, you almost hurt yourself. Whoa. Dude, you got to be more careful around the vault. Holy crap. So, uh, hey, and anyway. remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com. Check out the latest column from Ben Jarofsky, ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. And uh, hey, you can find us at Benny J Show, B E N N Y, the letter J Show. Send us an email, Benny J Show at gmail.com. All right, very good. Thank you very much, Dr. D. Love the ball. Uh, and it was even better this week than last week. That's an inside joke that no one will get except for me and Dennis. Uh, so uh, once again, I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of Joe Ball, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as Mayor Daly, Mayor Washington, and Mayor Sawyer will tell you back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for Demarvelous. Keep yourself a raise, take a petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. Seriously, you almost got closed into the ball. internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage get gig speeds powered by fiber from cox it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better download speeds up to one gigabit per second cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions may apply you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry-free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator